0: Well, what a difference a week makes. Uh, welcome, friends and Buff fans. Trevor Monroe here. And uh, in this podcast, uh, I'll take a look back at that frustrating loss to Minnesota and uh, look ahead to Pac-12 conference play, which opens this week in... Tempe, Arizona. Uh but up front, you know, despite the loss, I actually had a a pretty incredible experience. It was my first trip back to Folsom Field in probably a couple of decades actually and thanks to the the Cookendalls, I had some great uh seats. They are uh actually I, th- I guess you could say raising a third generation of buff fans are longtime uh buff uh friends of the Buff program and they have really terrific seats to see the action and watch the crowd so i was able to sit in their their father's seats and they were right behind me and i uh, really appreciate that uh it was also pretty special uh for my youngest son who at least for me uh and i think him as well to see ralphie run uh for the first time so uh let's let's get into the post-mortem and then we'll look uh, a little bit at you know, what I know about ASU, looking from them this week, and then uh, just look ahead to, I think, where the buffs go from, uh, from here. <laughs> okay, so uh, just let's get into some observations and things, I guess, we learned uh, from the Minnesota game. Uh, I think we already knew that the offense uh, was bad, but it continued to be dysfunctional. Uh, they gave Minnesota great field position, and the worst thing, they just left our defense out there all day. Uh, the The biggest, the root cause is really the passing game. Hopefully it's bottoming out, but just to put that in context, according to like CFB Edge ratings, we're 124th out of 130 FBS teams in like our overall passing rating. Uh, 127th in yards per pass, just 4.3 yards per pass, and almost dead last in in points per drive. So it's really the lack of you know passing threat that's also dampening our our running performance. So our running performance is about 47th in FBS. But uh, what's happening uh, with or what happened with Texas a and and with uh, Minnesota is that they really just crowd the box here. You know, they have corners coming up for run support. Um, they, they stopped the run first and on passing downs, they made wholesale changes. But even then the, the, it looks to me like they were just trying to um, also contain Brennan Lewis from making the yards on uh, scrambling. So they were they were very effective. On the defensive side, uh, the Buffs' defense, in my opinion, is still strong. Uh, the only problem they were left out there a little bit too long—not uh, a little bit, a lot too long—but they uh, they do have pretty respectable stats. So points per drive, they're like 25th in the FBS. Uh, yards per pass allowed, 42nd. The there's a measure called success rate, which depends on the down and distance, but they're like 22nd ranked there, and in expected points. Uh, Per play, they're like also top twenty-five. That's uh, uh, another measurement uh, that's used to kind of uh, depending on 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 the where they're at in the field, how, what if that if that drive is supposed to uh, result in points, so uh, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, so credit to Minnesota. Uh, they are a big and very experienced team. They returned like ten stars on both sides of the ball, and they showed it. They showed it with power. That offensive line was huge. They brought in additional linemen. Uh, so sometimes I think I counted at one point like eight or nine. And uh, they had big tight end too, but linemen in some formations. But they also mixed it up. They did some, you know, some spread stuff. They did a lot of run-pass option, a lot of misdirection. And they were very effective at finding some kind of soft spots in in, uh, the Buffs' defensive passing game, primarily uh, our safety positions. They kind of picked on Mark Perry in particular. Um, It was really, unfortunately, it was a poor showing on the offensive line for the Buffs. Uh, I think it started with Colby Purcell being out sick. Uh, We used three different centers in that game, and I think 10. 10 different linemen in total. Max Ray also went out with a concussion. But some of the, uh, I think, the problems the buffs had with the pass rush uh, could have been due to missing actually a center because the, you know, the center has an important role in, in calling out the the blocking schemes. But they really were fooled by some disguised rushes uh, that started on the edge and then they, they looped back inside and almost went in untouched. Um couple of other things I think the safety the safety uh, performance by Mark Perry and Isaiah Lewis uh, was pretty weak. Um, I think I might have mentioned that most of the pass yardage 98 yards of whatever it was 160 uh, Mark Perry uh, was responsible for coverage on that on that so he he gave up five receptions for 98 yards. Um, Isaiah Lewis also didn't look that good and you know across the board they were rated in the 50s according to the professional football focus ratings. So to put that in context, a grade of 85 or higher is kind of NFL caliber rating, 60s average, and, and anything below 50 is considered poor. So they were you know, average to poor in almost every single category from tackling to coverage, um, et cetera. When it comes to those ratings, it was really the only bright spot in the Buffs game on – Saturday was the punt coverage. So the great punting from from Josh Watson in great coverage. We would have even been in worse uh shape position you know, field position wise had it not been for that. Um but we were just uh really bad in pass blocking. We rated 37.5 so remember below 50 is poor. Run block 40, tackling 51, receiving 57, uh run defense 32. So, uh, I think the, the number I gave for tackling was actually for the season, but tackling against, uh, Minnesota was 32. So really uncharacteristic for the defense, but again, they were just left out there to dry. Um, so the, You know, we already knew this. I think that was one of my key concerns going into this season is just the QB situation, but it's possibly, not possibly, I think it is the worst, uh, the most dire situation I've seen since I've been watching the Buffs. B. Lou, we knew he was a a strong, smooth runner, but I think the question is out. You know, I don't know if he's quick and elusive. He certainly does not have a good feel for pocket and where pressure is coming from he's not able to really get the ball where it needs to be holds on to it too long. Uh, there's some stats behind this, but I think, I think we all can uh, understand that, uh, it's not, it's not happening at the QB position. Um, I guess I want to reflect a little bit on, on maybe why we're, 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 where we're at and maybe point a little bit of a finger, but, uh, Personally, I felt you know last spring with Sam Neuer with J, you know JT Shroud and B Lewis we had the highest floor uh, you know assuming that Sam Neuer would have stuck with us which we didn't know but you know if anyone if either B Lou or JT Schroud beat him out um, I would assume that they were better and Sam Neuer was pretty darn good last year um, but if you look back to, you know, last year, Tyler Lytle was a pro style. He transferred out to UMass. You had some Michael Chandler, who's now at Lamar. He transferred, he was a walk-on, but he was a running style QB. We had some others in the mix, um, really just depth pieces, but Cicerone, Grant Cicerone transferred out. Dylan Jacob was kind of, I think a scout team, but he, he did not return. Uh, he was a senior anyway, but didn't, could have, could have returned. And I think, uh, you know, so some of that situation when, when, you know, we did get JT Shrout transferring in from Tennessee. Um, uh, I, I guess that one thing leads to another, but, uh, Sam Noir decides to transfer out to Oregon state. And once JT Shrout went down in camp, we were really left with uh, just freshmen, right? So that leaves us with B. Lou, with Drew Carter, uh, who was here in the spring. Jordan Wolverton, who came in in the spring, and then uh, at the end of camp, they did bring in James Mott. So, so here we are. I think um, I think I'll I'll get into this a bit more as we look forward. But let's uh, let's take. Well, so I, I think the bottom line is, is it's really one of those points in the season, as Carrell, Carl Durrell said, that he needs to reevaluate everything. So he's going to start with, you know, that quarterback situation and our offensive schemes. But I'll I'll say more about that. Let's uh, let's turn to Arizona now. OK, let's take a glance at, at ASU. Uh, they came into the season ranked in the top 20. I think they were 19th before that disappointing loss last week to BYU. I did have a chance to look at the highlights of that BYU game, Um, and ASU did look good. They looked fast on offense. Um, On paper, so they're an experienced team. They returned something like 92% of their production. That puts them at ninth uh, ranked in the FBS according to um, CFB Edge. Uh, also, according to CFB Edge, they're just packed with talent. Their overall roster strength uh, is ranked at 20th in the country. Um, they're led by Jaden Daniels. He is a, a former five-star quarterback, next-level prospect. He can deal it. He's fast. He's elusive. I think he's the type of quarterback I wish we had uh, our staff, which was we had here. Their running backs are also you know, fast. They run downhill, led by Nagata, or actually White, uh, gets most of the carries in a good offensive line. Uh, Cal and Dice and Donovan West, I think are some of the top performers on the O-line on defensive side. They have <clears throat> three, um, 100, uh, rated players, according to this VGA ranking. So on the defensive line, Tyler Johnson, uh, at linebacker Merlin Robinson and at defensive back, Chase Lucas. So, uh, at, the back seven is also in the top 10, uh, according to FBS. And, and I think Phil Steele also has them highly rated. Uh, so we're, we're facing a uh, talented, another talented and experienced team. Uh, it will not be a cakewalk. Uh, however, we we beat them the last time in Tempe. So uh, I think the buffs have confidence in themselves that they can uh, match up defensively. Uh, let's let's see what uh, we can do offensively to uh, to keep defensive of, defense off the field. Okay, so looking forward, uh, one of the things that uh, Carl Durrell said is it's time to reevaluate and leave no stone unturned. So uh, I imagine Brendan Lewis will kind of keep. Keep his starting position for now, but he has mentioned in press conference that they, they'll try to get Drew Carter rotated in. Another interesting thing that he, he was asked is, is that Matt Lynch is taking reps and he's been given a package to, to start to run. So he, you know, Carl Durrell said Matt Lynch is probably a, a last resort option, but I think that's interesting. Um, as I mentioned before, he's he's put on a lot of pounds, but he did go to uh, UCLA as a kind of running first style of quarterback. And, uh, you know, he was a scholarship quarterback at, at UCLA. So I think that could be interesting, even if Matt Lynch is not, which I don't expect him to be the starter, at least allows you to use uh, the others in different ways, particularly Brennan Lewis, so using him. Uh, in schemes that depend on his legs and power schemes and so forth that depend on his legs. And if he does get banged up, at least you have some options behind him who can run a similar offense. So what are those options behind him? Drew Carter, he I think he's listed as a pro style uh, back in two, four, sorry, quarterback in 247. I've watched some of his high school tape. He ran a bit more sophisticated offense, as we've seen. You know, he he showed, I guess, some bright spots. You know, compared to B. Lou in in the Minnesota game, but I don't think Drew Carter uh, would have performed much better than than Brennan Lewis at this stage of the game. So I don't think that's a strong option. He also, um, I don't know if he can take the pounding in, in a uh, if they really went to a running attack uh, with the quarterback. So. Um, so we'll see how that, that pans out, but I do, I do think they will, they will bring Drew Carter along, uh, faster. We have Jordan Wolverton also kind of a, a dual option type. He's a freshman from Durango. Yeah. You've, I looked a bit at, of at a bit of his high school film. He, you know, he has some nice highlights. He, he obviously is, is athletic. Um, but what I saw in the spring game, I don't, I don't think he's there either. Uh, and finally, uh, you have James Mott. So, uh, kind of reminds me of, of Rick Neuheisel, just the way he looks. But I, I looked at his tape a little bit uh, from high school. He can throw on the run. He can throw off balance and on time. So there's there's actually something there. So we'll see which way it goes. Um, you know, if we if, if if we get kind of Drew Carter or one of these others like James Mott, you know, who knows? Anything's possible uh, at this point. Uh, I could see us kind of getting to more of those kind of mobile quarterback rollouts and, and still keeping a uh, kind of a, a more of a dynamic passing scheme. On the other hand, I think it could go where we're just really trying to run B. Lewis and play to his strengths and just scheme it up a lot differently uh, where we're not so worried about him taking taking the hits because we, we have Matt Lynch or these others behind him who will, will continue to run that sort of a, um, uh, scheme where the quarterback plays heavy, you know, uses, uses uh, athleticism and, and running as part of the game plan. So should be interesting, but that's, uh, that's what the situation is at quarterback. I think it could only go up from here. (laughs) We are at the bottom. Um, so there's this expression called regress, regressing to the mean. So often you see teams that may have a few, any anything in life really, where you're overperforming or underperforming. Right now, I think we are, uh, you know, maybe we overperformed in the Texas A&M game from a defensive standpoint, but certainly we're underperforming um, offensively. And some of these things I think um, w- will be fixed. I fully expect the offensive line. Uh, to stabilize that uh, that group, you know, so Kobe Purcell is a quick fix. Number one, he should be back next week. Uh, Frank Phillip was our, arguably our best lineman last year. He had his first game against Minnesota. He should continue to work back into the lineup and play, you know, at full strength. Uh, Kerry Kutch, Casey Roddick, Kenan Ray, uh, and then Max Ray, who is, I think has a concussion right now. Uh, I think we'll round out that starting, let's say five, and then they'll probably have a maybe six rotating, both Roddick and and Cannon Ray in at uh, right guard, but that that will get better. Um, on the defensive side, I think we expect to get Mustafa Johnson back for the USC game, um, and. As long as we stay healthy, even, you know, we can afford to maybe uh, we are, I think, resilient at linebacker and some other positions on the defensive side. Um, we we should continue to be, I I think, a, ca- a championship caliber defense as long as they uh, are not left on the field for too long. So the offensive needs to step it up so the defense can step it up. And finally, the safety position, um, it's it's underperforming right now. I don't know if they have answers uh, behind Mark Perry or Isaiah Lewis, but I'm confident in both of them uh, that they're not what their ratings look like right now, but they are better players. So let's see how that goes. Um, So another thing, you know, Rome was not built in a day. I think if you read these fan boards, (laughs) may the force be with you, but these are not the most patient, well-adjusted, you know, commentators in the world they they're calling for coaching changes they're calling for all kinds of things but um you know look at minnesota look who we played they were the most experienced team one of them top 10 in college football they've had continuity in their coaching staff uh so now's not the time to just make wholesale drastic changes i do think behind the scenes carl Dorel will and Maybe he himself and Danny Langsdorf and Chev. it'll be a group effort to come up with the the game plan, but it's not the right thing to fire uh, Chev at this point. I do not think that should be an option. I certainly don't think uh some of the some of the more dramatic calls for just you know removing uh, look, I think we have great great leadership. uh the great teachers even in even in the the aftermath of the, the Minnesota game, uh, Carl Durrell's getting back to, you know, the, the players, how they need to be taught, making sure that they're understanding not, not a one size fits all approach. So, so, uh, I think we need to have patience and, and trust the process. Uh, Hey, and look, the PAC 12 South, it's up for grabs. So we're not the only program facing adversity. I think yesterday, Charlie Brewer left their quarterback for Utah, left the program. Uh, USC lost their head coach. Uh, UCLA dropped a tough match to a tough game to Fresno. So um, so I, I do think we're going to have a good showing. It might be a close win <laughs> against ASU. And if it is, if it is, we're going to return home. we're gonna have a big game for USC. people w- will be up for it. We'll get Mustafa back. Uh, I think we need to um, you know develop the scheme, develop the quarterback situation obviously, uh, but i I'm eager to see what what the coaches come up with what what the what the players come up with. Um, but anyway, that's that's it for this week. Uh, I guess in closing, I'm really looking forward. I'm actually gonna go to Tempe uh with uh some longtime friends we're going to get a couple rounds of golf in and uh, we're going to get some tailgating in hopefully we weather the heat and we we see a good a better a much better product uh on the field so uh that's it for me you can find links to my newsletter in the show notes uh you can follow me on twitter at trevmon28 all right stay safe and go buffs Oh, thank you.